Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Glory, glory. Oh, Jesus keeps it taking me higher and higher, baby. Oh, yes. Praise Jesus and praise you. God bless you. God bless you, etc. Oh, I don't deserve it. But yes, I am blessed to have you, the listeners, on this beautiful God-given day. It's a harvest of podcast glory. Yes, it is. Oh, it's me, Matt Rogers, and we are highly favored today. I mean, someone must have really touched us on this morning, eh? because we are celebrating the Oscar-winning Jesus loving 2021 film The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Okay, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to stop with all the evangelist shit because honestly, it's making me a little dizzy and nauseous. I am um let's just say I'm a lapsed Roman Catholic. One time I went to a funeral with my mother a few years ago and she leaned over and said, "I don't think I'm going to go receive communion because I don't really go to church." And I said, "Yeah, me neither. I'm not going up there." And she said, "If you go up there, this place is going to burn to the ground." And then we laughed and a grieving woman in front of us turned around and shook her head at us and we stopped laughing. Anyway, back to the film. You know who wasn't as judgmental as that grieving woman that day? Tammy Faye. For those of you not familiar with televangelism in the 70s and 80s or gay iconography in general, Tammy Faye Messner, formerly Baker, was an American evangelist, singer, author, talk show host, and television personality who gained notice for her work with the PTL Club, which was a televangelist program she co-founded with her husband, Jim Baker, in 1974. They had hosted their own puppet show series for local programming in the early 1960s. Mesner also had a career as a recording artist. In 1978, she also, with Baker, built Heritage USA, a Christian theme park, which, even as a lapsed Christian, does entice me, I have to say. I heard there was a slide, like a big slide. Praise Jesus. Mesner gained significant publicity when Jim Baker was indicted, convicted, and imprisoned on numerous counts of fraud and conspiracy in 1989, resulting in the dissolution of the PTL Club. She then divorced Baker in 1992 and married Roe Mesner. She was diagnosed with colon cancer in 1996, from which she unfortunately suffered intermittently for over a decade before dying of the disease in 2007. During her career, Messner was noted for her eccentric and glamorous persona, as well as for moral views that diverged from those of many mainstream evangelists, particularly her advocacy for LGBT people and reaching out to HIV and AIDS patients at the height of the AIDS epidemic. The Eyes of Tammy Faye explores most, if not all, of that, starting with Tammy Faye's childhood and following her through her success, her divorce with Jim Baker, 
through to the end of her life. We see her rise from humble evangelical beginnings to falling for Jim Baker and building a Christian broadcasting network with him. At the film's core, we see how putting blind faith in corrupt leaders in empty proclamations of faith and in fame led to her fall from grace. Amen to that. I think we've all been there. Maybe not. Released by Searchlight Pictures, the film was a critical success and won two Academy Awards, one for Best Makeup and Hairstyling and another for Best Actress for Jessica Chastain for her fantastic performance as Tammy. She also won the Critics' Choice Award and the Screen Actors Guild Award in an extremely competitive Best Actress year. Chastain was also a producer for this film, and all of the success comes after years and years of development after one day, long ago, she discovered the documentary the Eyes of Tammy Faye by Randy Barbato and Fenton Bailey, who, fun fact, are also the producers of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, she was back in a hotel room on a press tour for Zero Dark Thirty in 2012, flipped on the TV, and there was the Eyes of Tammy Faye documentary. Chastain immediately knew she had to get the rights to the story, did, and seven years later began shooting the film. In an interview with W Magazine for its Best Performances issue, Chastain said the following, and I quote, I saw the interview she did with Steve Peters in 1985, and I was blown away. This is a time when the government wasn't even talking about the AIDS epidemic. People were dying, and families were being torn apart because of homophobia. And no one really understands because no one's talking about what's going on. Tammy went against conservative evangelical communities and brought Steve Peters onto her show. He was an openly gay minister with AIDS, and she asked him about what it was like. And then she looked into the camera, and she educated millions of Christian followers on what it means to be Christian, that you love through anything. And that's the way with Jesus. It is a radical act of love that we should be talking about more than her mascara. End quote. That interview with Steve Peters is one of the centerpieces of this film, which really focuses and fleshes out Tammy Faye's allyship to the LGBTQ community. In many ways, Tammy Faye herself was a walking queer narrative. I love this movie. I have now seen it three times. It actually was one of the first movies I saw back in theaters, um, you know, during the pandemic when it was safe to go. And I'm so excited to have on the HBO Max Movie Club today, the director of this film, Michael Showalter himself. Comedian, actor, writer, director, and producer who you probably know from The State, Wet Hot American Summer, God, etc. He's a co-creator and co-producer of Search Party. All seasons are streaming now on HBO Max, by the way. And he directed the incredible film The Big Sick. He's also an executive producer and director of I Love That For You, streaming now on Showtime, which, get this, is a television program that I am on. Had to plug it. Very excited to welcome Michael Showalter to talk about his film, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, right now. Oh, well, we do not deserve it, but we are blessed here today on the HBO Max Movie Club because it's the director of this goddamn film. Sorry to take the Lord's name in vain on this here, the episode that really will get into the Lord's work that is the eyes of Tammy Faye. Michael Showalter, here you fucking are. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Hi, Matt. Hi, babe. I haven't seen you since... The big Oscar win, which I certainly did call on set. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Well, you were sort of busy directing. Um, I love that for you streaming now on Showtime. Sorry about that, HBO Max. But um, <laughs> I did say in between takes, I was like, you know, Michael, the eyes of Tammy Faye is 
one of my favorite films of the year, and I think Jessica's winning that Oscar. So congrats. Thank you. It was it was a great uh, it was a great night. And makeup hairstyling deserved. And makeup hairstyling. Yep. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a, for all of us, it was a really, uh, I can't put it into words. It's like, you know, just this incredible sense of gratification. And we were all like, so happy for Jessica and, and Mm. it just meant a lot to all of us. It was a, it was a great moment. She really seems like someone who is obviously she produced the film and has been has been working on this since 2012 when she got the rights. But she seems like someone who commits in every single aspect. And I remember you did say that, like, that you really like appreciate her as a collaborator and a person. I wonder if you can talk about working with her a little bit. I am a fan of Jessica's acting. So I sort of was like into her as as an actress. But I sort of started to notice I don't know, like out in the world, like she seemed like this very unique person. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just started to sort of enjoy her enthusiasm and her. Yeah. Like there was this, this sort of like, she's, she's someone who I think really marches to the beat of her own drum. And I just really appreciate that. And she sort of sticks her neck out and she takes risks and I really admired her. So I was incredibly excited to work with her. We actually worked, had a different project that we were working on before Tammy Faye. It's a long story how I wound up being the director of that movie. What was the question? I just was literally asking, what's it like to work with her? And you're giving a gorgeous answer. Oh, okay. Um, she, uh, yeah, they had a director. They, that director wasn't on the movie anymore. The movie that we were going to make, didn't happen, but maybe it will one day. And then mm. it was like, hey, would you, you know, they had some, I think they talked to some people. I took a meeting. I, I said how passionate I was about about the, the, the script and, and working with Jessica and everything. And uh, miraculously, I got, I got uh, the job. And then we started working on the movie. And yeah, she is, no one knew the material better than Jessica. No one knew... The character or anyone or any of the character. Well, I shouldn't say that. By the time we started shooting the movie, the other actors knew their characters very well. But she is a true force. Yeah. And was very, very, very involved at every with every stage of the production. But I will say as an actress, once we started making the movie and we were just on set every day, she was just an actress in the movie. And she was really that part was great. She's she's, you know. She's an, a director's dream, as they say. Yeah. And I wanted to ask about, she does, and I say this in the best way, she seems to me to sort of be like an acting nerd. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she seems yeah. like she really lives and breathes it. And yeah. one thing one thing that I pull whenever I watch this, and I have now watched it like three or four times, I love the movie. She's so emotional. She's so a laugh away from a tear in every scene in a way that I assume Tammy Faye Baker also was. But as an actor... And I have to imagine that's part of her humanity as well. Like she yeah. seems like such an emotional person. You talk about how outspoken she is. I wonder in working with her as an actor in this movie, watching her manage her emotion, because you only have so much of that to give. Does she do a lot of takes? Do you guys do a lot of takes on these scenes where she's crying and brimming over? Um, Good question. I, 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 not an insane amount. Um, she's very, uh, pr- a real pro. So she com- she brings it, you know, so she's giving you, yeah. sometimes you'll work with an actor that needs to kind of build up to it a little bit. She right. starts, she's right there on the first take. You know, I always want to give actors, you know, if the actors want another take, I'm always, you know, 
there's, there's like, I'm good. Are you good? And then maybe sometimes she'd be like, no, let's do a few more or whatever. I'm going to remember that for next season of I Love That For You, by the way. I'm going to take I think we did unlimited that. Takes. I think, no, I think we did. You asked, I actually think, remember that one we did by the door? Yeah, the, by um, the door. You know what I'm talking about? The of one course. where you say, no, you don't. You don't remember <laughs> I remember. There it. were a lot of there were a lot of scenes me by, scenes a door. by the door. Okay, well, <laughs> it was the scene by the door, and you were like, "Mike, can we do it again?" And I was like, "Sure, Matt, let's do it again." And then remember, I nailed. I nailed. And you nailed. It. It. I knew oh, I you nailed that. It. Oh, it was. Oh, and then and then after you you did that one, we all pumped our fists and we were like, "Yes, yes, print it." So I would imagine that like it's sort of like in the in the canon of actors you've worked with, it's like me. Jessica. Oh. Sort of dis- uh, um, descending order. Yes. You, then Jessica, <laughs> then Mr. Garfield. Mr. Garfield, Sally, then Sally Field. Now I'm just going to list the amazing actors I've worked with. Sally Field. God, this is, I'm really good wanting to give you a platform here to do uh, just that. Then Holly Hunter. Mm hmm. Never forget. Then Ray Romano himself. Ray Romano, <laughs> Sam, Sam Waterston. Right, um, but what's important is I'm up there at the top. Just, oh, just a little, a, a, just a skosh over Jessica. It's, it's not even. It's honestly, it's not even close. <laughs> um, one um, another thing I, I truly loved about her uh, in this is the singing. And I, I've been watching interviews with her, and she talks like, "Oh, you know, I wasn't comfortable singing. Yeah. You know, singing was new for me." She's got like this very big, bright voice, which yeah. to me feels like someone who is a trained singer. And the musical numbers are shot so well. And I was, I just wanted to know, like, which it seemed like it might have been different for you. I don't know how much music you've worked with, but in shooting the musical numbers with her, what was that like, that collaboration? Well, we had recorded, pre recorded all the songs. So we were, right. you know, she was somewhat lip syncing on when we were shooting on the day. But um, we started working on the music for the movie very early. We shot the movie in November, and we were recording those songs in June with mm-hmm. uh, this great Nashville music producer named Dave Cobb and our amazing music supervisor at Searchlight, uh, John Houlihan. And it was very cool, like me and me and Jessica and the music guys in the studio cutting, Hell yeah. cutting like cutting tracks and stuff, <laughs> cutting tracks. You know, in the booth, find finding new stuff. Exactly, exactly. Like and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, she was very, I think because she's a perfectionist. I think she's nervous. I think she's nervous. Maybe the nervousness, I don't, I'm, she'll probably, if she listens to this, she'll probably text me and be like, that's not it. Um, but uh, she wants to be amazing at what she does. And so if she's going to do something, she wants to be really good at it. And so I'm sure. I that love that so, about her. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm sure that some of the nervousness is what if I'm not really good at this? Because I think she has great respect for singers, what it takes Mm. to be a great singer and what it, what it requires of somebody. And you don't just, you don't just like open your mouth and start singing. And all of a sudden you're a good singer. You need to train and you need to, you need to, you know, you need to work at it. And so she, I think it was out of a a respect for what it is to be good Mm -hmm. at singing that maybe she was, nervous because I'm sure that her, the people that she's wanting to impress are people who know what good singing is. Right. Exactly. And now she's, now she's playing Tammy Wynette. Tammy Wynette. Yeah. I can't wait for that. It's, it's really interesting though. Like I often find that in order to become a good singer in the beginning, what, what helped me, cause I do sing a little bit is I started to, yeah, 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 there's a lot that you don't know about me. 
what's your style? What's your music? I'm sort style? of a, I'm I'm sort of um if you can imagine like sort of Justin Timberlake if he like had it, you know what I mean? If can you imagine a world where he sort of had the X factor? Are you seriously? Are you like pop music or like what's your what's your well, genre? I, it's sort of like a pop R and B thing, if you can believe that. Because I know you know I have soul. What's your like? Do you have a band? Are you in a band? I know that we should. We're here to talk about <laughs> Tammy Faye, but no, it's okay. We can talk about me. Um, I I have a I have a comedy special called Have You Heard of Christmas, and it's an original Christmas album. So it's sort of like a stand up special that that's disguised as a Christmas um, ah. thing. Um, but um, I tour with that every year, and I, that's that's sort of. Um, so I've been I've been singing for like years and years, and the reason I bring that up is because in the beginning I also was like I don't know how to do this, but then I find you get good at it by mm. almost making fun of it, ah. and so I would imagine that like especially for a lot of sketch comedians who often like you, then you you just find yourself wandering into music, and it's like oh here we all are arriving at the at this task, and none of us are actual singers, but you can sort of hack your way into it by almost making fun of it, and Tammy Faye Baker has such a big campy sound yeah. that I would imagine that, you know, in soaking herself in all of her music and becoming a fan, it's actually easy to mimic her and then discover your own talent in mm, what she does. Mm, does that mm. make sense? It does make sense. I noticed T Tammy Faye's talking voice is very high pitched and squeaky, mm -hmm. but her, yeah. her, when she sings, it's very operatic and she's <laughs> yeah. like very glottal, very glottal <laughs> yeah. and operatic, um, which is so yeah adorable yeah it's almost like she's coming at it from like a comedy perspective as well it's like it's almost like talking to her puppet persona as well in her, her singing interesting career. interesting then again you never really know because you never know what she was taking super seriously or what she was doing with a wink because it was all performance i think it was so earnest yeah no, i think her singing was so earnest really the way i look at tammy Faye's singing is do you ever i'm trying to think of a good example like there's people who are like, I'm good at this. This is something I'm really good at. Mm -hmm. And they take it so seriously. There's no, it's not something you could ever make a joke about. It's like, I have small yeah. children and it's like, when they think they're good at something, it's like, this is this thing I'm good at. And like, yeah. it's, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, I'm really good at this. Yeah. And I feel like it's like that. It's like somewhere along the way, she felt like she was a really good singer and I'm sure she got a lot of positive reinforcement for that. And it was like, yeah. she just was so earnest about her singing. So that's what I see when I, when I see Tammy singing, I see her like so serious about it in a, and I find it in an incredibly endearing way. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think, I don't know about you, but I think that the funniest people in the world are the people who take themselves super, oh, yeah. super seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that, but that's something I wanted to ask about too, in terms of the tone of the movie, because you're working with Jessica Chastain, who's like committed years of her life to producing this, to give this incredible now Oscar winning performance. That's just brilliant. And it seems like when I watch interviews with her, she was really looking at Tammy Faye, who is this campy persona from a grounded perspective. But I know you, you, like you like to have fun on set and you know Tammy Faye is like this like big comedic character so I wonder like when you're doing certain takes like are you laughing like are you in village laughing at this or never, are you kind of like never really no not really? even no not even a little bit swear to okay. god swear to god so not this was even this was approached as a drama yeah yeah but that's sort of true of everything I with with, with the exception of something like what we did together where like we're yeah. trying to get laughs Mm -hmm. We're trying to get like, like there, you know, 
you know, cheeseburgers and stuff like that. Like watching <laughs> Vanessa, watching Vanessa do her thing. Yeah. You're cracking up. But with the, my, most of the stuff I do, I'm certainly not laughing out loud. And there were some funny moments in Tammy Faye that I thought were funny that probably other people don't like. I think it's funny when like Jim is in the sound recording booth and they can't hear him and they're like, he's like, they need him to turn on the thing. (laughs) Yeah, that seems like something you would love. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that I think is funny. Just the sort of like (laughs) the foible of that, that he's trying to like get her and they can't hear her. They're like, we can't hear you, you know, Yeah. Um, is but no. There was never a moment where we, and I really mean this, where we laughed at them even for one second. Yeah, because that might take them out of it, yeah. You know what was funny? But again, only in the way of that it was really endearing Mm -hmm. was when she's in the back of the Jeep wearing that white mink, the the white fur coat and the white hat. Yes, yes, yes. That was funny (laughs) because she's so, her outfit in that moment is so insane and so not, in like it's such a random outfit they're out like in the field and they're all wearing like you know hunting jackets or whatever and she's wearing this like glamorous fur and fur hat and he asks her Mm -hmm. if she's cold and she's like are you kidding me like i'm covered in fur (laughs) those little moments made me laugh but never again never in this way of like oh my god isn't tammy faye ridiculous no never and you know what's funny is it's it's there i mean there's funny things in the movie too and, and uh, like what and what I'm what I'm saying by that is like when when Andrew Garfield and her are having that insane argument at the end of the movie which is sort of like a marriage ending argument and yeah. and she's saying well you need to be a man Jim and he goes I am a man and well and when he goes and when he says <laughs> and drinking and soda pop but soda he's pop. like he's oh, like he's he like was you're you're, that you're buying minks and yeah. drinking soda pop. soda pop. Come on, you were in village. You chuckling, but it's not funny. It's <laughs> it's it's it, 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 it's it's, it's quotable. Tragic. It's quotable. It's quotable. When and she when she's like right, she's like a woman needs a man and a relationship. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. am a man. I am a man. You're a boy. Yeah. He is terrific in this movie. He, I think he's my favorite actor. He is so good in this. Yeah. Yes. He really is. He, he, he is. And there's just like the chemistry between them too, because there is like in the beginning of the movie, there is like a real romantic and sexual chemistry oh, yeah. between them that you feel like, yes, these are two people that absolutely must get married because, totally. you know, whatever it is that they believe maybe God has called them together or they're actually genuinely physically attracted to each other. That's so well drawn in the movie. And then as it goes, there is this question of like, is this man gay? Like, what do you think was the Jim Baker deal? He so he has has stated that he is not gay and that those right and that those allegations are false and I don't feel like it's my place to say that's then so so it's like I feel very no 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 this is, it's your place can I say something as a gay man it's your place I'm saying it <laughs> well as a gay man I'm saying it's your place Michael <laughs> no I I and make I, sure we get this guys <laughs> I I. It certainly would make sense, you know, right. like it certainly would track if he were, mm-hmm. but he says he's not and he and is we believe remarried him. and he is remarried now to an, another, he has another wife who sort of looks a lot like Tammy Faye. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
That's yep. interesting. Mm-hmm. Blonde and made up. There's so much, and we spoke about the costumes, like, and there's so much pageantry in this. I wonder, like, in the costumes that Tammy Faye was wearing, and obviously in the hair and makeup, Oscar winning, is that a lot of stuff? Like, for example, that white outfit, is that like a swing that we're taking in terms of the costume design, or are we looking back and we we're, are we seeing, like, this is stuff that she actually wore and recreating? She wore that. She really wore that on. Um, yes. Do we know if it was from that to- from that actual moment? No, not from that. That actual moment, I don't think is a real moment. That's a made up. Oh, okay, well, but the, I yeah. think she's wearing that in the on the one of her album covers. Love on it. one of her like Christmas albums, she's wearing that outfit. Mm. Um, but yeah, they did a you know the we we the we had a, a lot of fun with costumes and makeup and production design and cinematography, sort of charting the progression of the look of the movie from this fifties to the, to the nineties and this sort of the ways that the colors change, the the ways that the clothing changes the way that, you know, it's like the, you know, so that everything sort of slowly gets more technicolor as the movie goes on and and there's sort of a pastel period, the sort of the seventies are this sort of more pastel lighter Mm. feeling. And then we get into the eighties and it's the more like, harsh primary colors and it the angles are very sharp and that's where the padded shoulders come in and all that kind of stuff so it's, as someone who loves clothes i don't know if you know this matt but i do love clothes you're a well-dressed man i'm interested in in fashion and uh hmm. how clothing you know how fashion you know just what goes into making clothes and stuff so it was really fun for me to to kind of take part in that and they were you know jessica and mitchell travers the costume designer you know were very, very meticulous about like planning every little wardrobe. Yeah. I'm not surprised to hear that you're into it because honestly, like you're so great with character. And I I feel like, especially when I worked with you, like the clothes really brought the character like I was playing to life. And in, in the show that we did together, there's, there's so much attention to detail on the clothing. So I'm not surprised to hear that it's something that you are, that you think closely about. It's fun. I I love plays. I love theater. And so to me, mm-hmm. I think of what uh, movies as, as it's a same, similar approach to a play, which is like when you go to a play and you leave the play, you want to be like, and the sets were amazing. And those yeah. costumes and da, da, da. You want to talk about every little thing. Yeah. And, and you want to notice every little thing. And so I sort of like, you know, I like to, ha- I like, I like it when I have a project where, where we can have fun with the costumes and we can talk about it in that way. How long was this shoot? Uh, I think seven weeks. Seven. That's not that much time. No, not not at all. No, it's a small. I mean, relatively speaking, it was a small film. Yeah, and also to cover that span of time in that yeah. amount of time is really totally. Tough. Yeah, and uh, it was a very ambitious thing in terms of obviously like all of the makeup, the way in which these time periods are changing on a daily basis. You know, she's going mm-hmm. from the fifties to the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, and then all the way into the nineties. And so there was all this stuff with the makeup. So like every day had to be one decade. You couldn't do like 70s in the morning and then the 80s in the afternoon, you know? Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, seven weeks. That's seven. That's the, that's pretty wild. That's fast. Um, listen. Are we done? Is, no, no. Oh, okay. We're, we're, that's said, actually. The no, way no, you no, said no, no, no. listen made it be like, listen, this has been great. So that was a listen that's transitioning into, if, if it's okay with you, a segment on this podcast. So I have a segment on this podcast called. But how is it a queer narrative? 
Ooh. I basically every single movie that I talk about here on this on this here podcast, I have to, as a sort of queer performer and podcast host, examine how it is a queer narrative. It wasn't very difficult for this film, but I still did endeavor. Matt Stillo, if you could hit my uh, club track, please. Here we go. I'm going in. Sequins. Maximalism. Cherry Jones. Discovery of self through the discovery of makeup. Having Jerry Falwell sort of look at you funny. Theme parks. Uppers, babe, and downers, too. Diet Coke. The humanization of the other. Tickle fights. Okay, cut the track. So that's sort of my ways in which I could uh, call this film a pure narrative. <laughs> well, what about the fact that it's based on a on a documentary that was made by Fenton Bailey and Randy, Randy Barbato, Barbato, which who do uh, who do uh, everything? Drag Race. Who drew Drag Race? Yeah, that's actually a huge, huge deal. Well, she's a gay. Icon, Icon, right? Yeah, she's she's been done on Drag Race. They do a snatch game, which is like, you know, the fake match game. And they do, they do like celebrity impersonations. And she is done by drag queens constantly. Because she is sort of, a, a, you know, there's a hot messness to her that I <laughs> yes. think is very, she's just who she is. So big yeah. and so open and so earnest and... And she's ridiculed. Yeah, she's she faces a lot of adversity. Yeah, she's someone who's made fun of and who's teased and who's ridiculed. And so I think there's a it's it's understandable. She is unapologetically overdrawn, and she's also equal parts comedy and tragedy, which is I think yeah. why the gay community, if I were to put it in really simply, um, really embraces her. But I wanted to jump out of that little segment just to talk about how this film really does delve into her allyship to the gay community and how difficult that was at a time, you know, in like the 70s and 80s where, yeah. you know, we were pretty much expressly being told that being gay was an evil and a sin and damnable to hell, especially now it feels extra prescient because there's this weird theocratic revolution happening, it seems, again. And I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to just like, how you guys tackled her allyship in this movie, because I think the most important and the centerpiece scene of the film is her interview with Steve Peters. So I'm just mm -hmm. wondering if you can speak a little bit to that. You know, it is very important and it is kind of probably in a lot of ways, I think what Jessica in particular felt like made the movie important, really important right. um, was that at a time, like what you said at a time when it was not just unpopular, it was, not done to embrace gay right. com the gay community, especially within the Christian, cr with, you know, the Christian movement or whatever, the M evangelical movement and mm -hmm. AIDS was happening and it was, you know, it was being completely ignored and, and uh, swept under the rug and what have you. Tammy Faye was true to her doctrine mm -hmm. that God and Jesus were all loving and and kindness and and that that should that there that couldn't be parsed out that that had to be an, a universal uh thing and so I think she was authentic to Christian principles and so right. um in tackling it I think that it was it, I'll speak for myself it wasn't so much that she was such a champion for gay rights it was mm -hmm. more about her belief system that everybody was deserving of love Right. Um, it, 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 it wasn't activism. It wasn't really activism. It was really more just mm. her being true to her Christian, 
her Christian principles and recognizing in something that was hypocritical. So wanting to stand up for it because she saw that it was hypocritical that the rest of the church was ignoring that. And that makes a lot of sense that it was more about consistency than it was about like actual crusadership or whatever, whatever it is. But like in, in, in doing that, it was. It was. It was. It was. It was very um, had a huge impact on the gay community mm. to have her doing that. I think that if you'd asked her, you know, we've talked about this. I, I think that her actual feelings about it were sort of like, "I still love you, mm. even though you're gay." Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think it was. I think that was more her position was like, even though I probably don't think that what you're doing is whatever. Yeah, I still love you, and I still am going to treat you as I would anybody, even though you're gay. right. As opposed to who care, you know. As opposed to who gives a shit. Yeah, as opposed to I'm an enthusiastic supporter, and yeah, I'm attending yeah. drag shows. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Here's yeah. me front row cheering on the girls. Yes, right. Yes, exactly. Yes. Do you know if Jim Baker, who who is still with us, do you oh, know yeah. if he has seen the movie? I don't think he has. His children have. Yeah, it probably would be a tough sit. Yeah, his children have seen the film, and they're they they were involved. They were involved, and I don't I don't want to speak for them, but I think they had mixed feelings. Right. Understandably, I think that on the one hand, they felt yeah. happy that it was a, that it was such a sympathetic portrayal of Tammy Faye, though I think that they felt we got certain things wrong, and that that was upsetting to them. And you know, I think that they have a lot of mixed feelings about it, which I totally understand. Uh, but yeah. I don't think Jim Baker's seen the film. But yeah, he's still doing it. He's got a TV show and he sells like 50 gallon buckets of soup and stuff for the end of days. He's like a big a apocalypse, lot of big apocalypse yeah. person. Oh, he thinks it's coming. Mm. It's like corn chowder and stuff like that. I don't know if you like corn I chowder. I love corn but. chowder, to be honest with you. Um, What's your favorite soup? Just to put a pin in this conversation for a second <sighs> to ask about your favorite soup. Well, and I had something else I was going to say, too. Hopefully, I'll definitely answer the soup question, and then let me see. And then I want to come back to what I was saying before. Yeah. My favorite soup would be, I'm trying to picture myself eating soup. Well, I love a good gazpacho. Really cold soup? I love a good, I love a good gazpacho. Okay. Um, I love a good chicken noodle soup. Okay, so sort of back to basics. Back to basics. What about you? What's your favorite soup, Matt? Well, I'm sort of um, of the seas, so I love a Manhattan clam chowder, New England, New England clam chowder, even a Boston clam chowder. Which You're exists. of the seas? I'm of the seas. I'm a Pisces, rising Pisces, ah. Greek boy from Long Island, Michael. So I'm sort ah. of of the seas, you know? I see. I'm of the chowders of the seas. You are You are very boaty. You feel this way? Yes. Okay. There is a boatiness to you. I will take it and I will I will I will do what I can with that in my in sort of the, the my brand going forward. Yeah. Now what were you saying about your Oscar winning uh, film before I um before I oh, sort of interrupted you about soup? Well we were we were talking about <laughs> Tammy and um Sure were. Oh darn it. Oh, you asked me if her if her family saw the movie. Oh yeah, if Jim Baker had seen the movie. You know, I, I feel like if if and if I was told that Andrew Garfield was playing me, I don't think I would care if it was a negative portrayal or if maybe I wouldn't be happy with it. I'd have to check that out. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what I was gonna say. Um Go but on. I bet I, I don't think he <laughs> I shouldn't even say maybe he has seen it. I bet he's got HBO Max. Maybe they're just like, come on, let's just watch it. Um Yeah. I Will say though that the one of the nicest compliments I have received about the film is when 
people who are very skeptical of the movie and how that we are going to be portraying you know, the Christian Southern Christian community and evangelicals, and that it's going to be kind of a big, ha ha, you know, a sort of a big mm-hmm. a takedown or, or anything that there's a sense of, no, it was actually very authentic. It was very uh, accurate feeling. And that, that, that sort of pleasantly surprised to see that it's, there's no attempt to kind of point a finger or, 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 or be like, Hey, look at how, you know, how silly this is or something like that. It's taken very seriously, which was Mm -hmm. important to us. Yeah, I mean, the movie is not about zealotry. It's about this woman who was, you know, it's about this woman in her life. It's not about like, uh, you know, how the the Christianity is evil and corruptive and like, it's not about that. No, no, it's not. It's about, it is, it's about her and her, her conviction of her faith. Yeah, it's a film about love. And that she was kind of um, a martyr. And it's a little bit yeah. about there is a little bit too about and this kind of evolved through through the making of the movie, but there's also a little bit about uh, revisiting a, a a moment of our past where we rushed to judgment, right? And we we sort of didn't like the way she looked. We didn't like the way she sounded. She wore too much makeup. She had too many pairs of shoes or whatever. It all sort of like bumped up against our sense of the way someone should look or sound, or we enjoyed, there was a real, people really enjoyed kind of taking them down and taking her down. And she was a laughing stock yeah. and we didn't really take a beat to look at the substance of, of her. And so right. I think there's an aspect too of, of the way in which our culture does do that rush to judgment. Yeah. And so we were talking about Britney Spears and uh, other, other sort of, you know, you know, examples in the media where the sort of, there's this sort of frenzy, this feeding frenzy and, and maybe we're, we're not um, taking the time to look a little deeper. Yeah. It feels like this is one of many films as of late and television series that are sort of looking at pop culture figures of a certain time and sort of trying to flesh out a reality because, you know, whatever the media narrative at the time was relatively damning or very scant and vague and and sort of sexist. And sort Absolutely. Of, and very sexist. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I saw the movie. I actually saw the movie with Sudi Green. We went to theaters when it first came out. And uh, I remember we were leaving. And, you know, I think we all thought we knew a lot about Tammy Faye Baker. And we all left being like, well, there was a lot of things about her that we didn't know. And, you know, I think that my parents said the same thing. I think most people that see this film are going to be illuminated about her and feel a real sympathy and empathy for what she who she was and what she went through and she and also it's also a fun big character. And it's yeah. And then there's this great performance by Jessica Chastain. Terrific performance by one of the best. And and what you know what for those of us that love uh, acting and actors and uh, you know her performance is a gift to those of us. That Truly love a great performance. She she she's giving a hundred thousand percent of herself and if you love a great actor and and this is one of those things where you it's sort of like you know the sports equivalent of when an athlete scores 100 points in a game or something she's she's yeah. she's she's giving every ounce of herself to this performance and for that reason alone it, i think it's a really special a special film by the way andrew as well andrew is uh brilliant because jessica you know a- andrew had his other movie and so sort of a lot of the the a lot of the attention on Andrew went on to his his tick tick boom, which he's fantastic in that. So and, good. Uh, but but Andrew's performance is also you know completely he completely transforms himself in the film, and and uh, both of them are just 
doing incredible work. As is Cherry Jones. And it's incredibly, incredibly well-directed. I mean, the direction is just, yeah. It's absolute top-notch. And of course, see the movie for Jessica, but see this movie for the direction. We are truly happy that you were joined us today michael i mean i you know i love blessed. this movie blessed. blessed and i should i should just i should not be so afraid of the word blessed we are blessed and highly favored here today michael showalter i love this movie you know i do and um, thank you matt i'm a great fan and admirer of yours as you also and know. uh the feelings are mutual well there we have it thanks for having me on the podcast you're a great podcast podcast toast Thank you so much. And first and foremost, see how I did that podcast toast. Podcast toast. Podcast toast. (laughs) Podcast toast. And I'm going to try to uh, incorporate more boatiness into the podcast going forward. I kind of would like it if you could. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe like a little boat hat or a boat hat (laughs) or some boat shoes or. I'll figure it out. Uh, You'll figure Um, it out. Thanks, Michael. Bye, Matt. Bye. You're the best. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining the HBO Max Movie Club. The movies we talked about today are currently available on HBO Max. Check the show notes for exact streaming dates. And don't forget to join the club every other week. Send in your hot takes for all things Julia Roberts and Mona Lisa Smile with hashtag MaxMovieClub to at HBO Max Movies on Twitter and Instagram. If you haven't already subscribed, rated, or reviewed HBO Max Movie Club, please do so on the iHeartRadio app, HBO Max, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might get your podcasts. HBO Max Movie Club is a production of HBO Max and iHeartRadio, hosted by me, Matt Rogers. Our executive producer is Matt Stillo. Our producer is Sierra Kaiser. And today's episode was written and researched by Kate Voss. Thanks, everybody. 